The scripture reading today is from Matthew chapter 11, verses 25 through 30. Hear the word of the Lord. At that time, Jesus said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning, everybody. My name is Drew Detler. This campus has been my church home my entire life. My toddler years were spent in the National Presbyterian Child Care Center. I then migrated across campus where I attended the National Presbyterian School, which was foundational to who I am today. And of course, throughout all those years, I have been nurtured by many of you during Sunday school classes and youth group events. I am slated to graduate from Walter Johnson High School next month. Before doing so, however, I will also graduate from Montgomery College this Friday with an associate's degree. I will continue to pursue college studies this fall at the University of Maryland's Robert Smith School of Business. I'll begin by wishing all the mothers out there a happy Mother's Day. It should surprise no one that I'll give a particular shout out to my own mom, Jonelle Detler. I love you, mom. In addition, if you review the church's annual report that was distributed two weeks ago, you'll find a nice graphical depiction of all our online viewers from across the United States. On that map are two red dots, each located in Michigan, which represent a special pair of grandmothers that are also due a Mother's Day greeting. No doubt, those red dots are shining a little bit brighter right about now. My presence in this pulpit today was locked into the Detler family calendar two years ago when my older brother Noah stood in this very spot. There was simply no way I was getting out of this one. In that respect, it was a preordained act of creation. Even if my mom and dad would have somehow relented, I'm reasonably confident Christian would have coerced me. She is, after all, pretty tight with the Holy Spirit in that regard. After that service two years ago, my dad joked that I better get started writing my own testimony. Recall, however, that we are in the thick of a global pandemic and remained largely at home. As with so many people, I lost my tight connection to the church and its youth programs. While I was able to participate in online services, it had a wildly different feel to being physically present. On that day, I distinctly remember thinking, how could I write about what Christ meant to me when I not, not felt lost, but certainly disconnected? I cannot say there was a single aha moment or epiphany that sustained my faith through those influential years. I believe, however, that many different events kept me integrated into the life of the church and closer to Jesus. Many of these orchestrated moments can be directly attributed to our director of youth ministries, Christian Frankie, and Kyle Putnam, our associate for youth ministries. Through their sustained organization of youth events, and of course, my own family's faith traditions, I continued to see and feel God's presence in my life. For example, one event that I look forward to each week are the youth group dinners. For 90 minutes each Sunday night, I am able to set aside my concerns and interact with my peers. This informal Christian fellowship 
allows me to enjoy the last remnants of my weekend while getting me ready for the coming week. Additionally, as with youth and adults alike, a couple of international mission trips played a large role in my Christian formation. Through hard work with MPC friends and engagement with people from another culture, I began to see Christ as a teacher rather than an all-powerful figure. In that regard, those trips transformed my perception of Christianity as a solemn and serious affair towards a much more simple idea, a relationship with Jesus Christ. I now better understand that because of God's grace, I am compelled to grow closer to him and assist others to do the same. Another important connection I had to the church was through my confirmation class. At the time, I was grappling with specific Old Testament rules that Christians should follow. My confirmation mentor, Brian Julius, helped me cut through the clutter by highlighting two simple rules, commandments, if you will. The first, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And the second, love your neighbor as yourself. This simple lesson was instrumental in helping me on my path. The things that I have shared that kept me connected to the church, including youth group events, mission trips, and my confirmation class are common across my friends and peers. So too are the stresses of high school classes, sports clubs, and other social activities that create busy schedules for us. Finding the proper space to invite God into my life is still an ongoing challenge. Yet the Bible provides all of us some advice. As Daniel read for our scripture reading this morning, Matthew chapter 11 states, Come to me, all that are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Realizing that God can take our stress and bear the weight of our problems is an important reassurance that I should remember more often. Without Christ, it is too easy to succumb to the pressures of the classroom and college preparations. In closing, I'll return to the church's 2022 annual report I mentioned a few minutes ago. It is a handsome document filled with facts, figures, and beautiful pictures, all thoughtfully assembled to summarize a year in the life of our church. But as with many documents, it is easy to read and forget. Should you read the report again, you can do so recognizing that my friends and I stand before you today as a living and very real embodiment of the love and faith expressed by this church. Through your faith, time, and talent, all the teenagers you see here today have been aided on their respective faith journeys because of you. Take heart in that achievement and sustain that effort for those that follow us. We are grateful for your love and prayers which bind us in this community of faith. And with that, all God's people said, Amen. Good morning, everyone, and happy Mother's Day. My name is Price Burton, and in the fall, I will, I will be pursuing an engineering degree from the University of Michigan. This morning, I'd like to share with you a bit about the journey that has led me to speak to you today. It all started when I began coming to this church with my parents as a young kid. There are pictures of me sitting in these pews as a toddler, and I remember racing my sister up and down the hill by the entrance to Stone Hall as a kid, and memorizing verses for Jolly Ranchers and Sunday School. My journey as a Christian started here, attending NPC throughout my entire childhood, but also with my parents, who encouraged me to learn about God and read the Bible and devotionals with me at night. As I have made my way through Sunday school lessons, retreats, and youth groups, I knew I believed in God, but I didn't take much ownership of it. My parents were the ones who brought me to church, and I think that at that time, the most distinct 
thing about Sundays to me was the fact that I had to put on a dress rather than my usual jeans. It has been a slow process, but as I've grown older and earned more autonomy over my actions, I've been able to own my faith in a way that I didn't before. When I got confirmed in ninth grade, I decided that I wanted to be a part of this church, and I chose to continue my journey towards learning about God and living like a Christian. Unfortunately, in the middle of my confirmation process, COVID struck, everything stopped, and I think you could also say that my faith plateaued. I was still going to church events, but I think that part of that was just because it was one of the only things that was still happening. The moment that it hit me that my faith was mine was a Sunday last year after I got my license. Being able to drive myself around gave me a huge leap of freedom. I could now drive myself to soccer practices, to hang out with friends, but also get myself to church. One Sunday morning, I woke up, got ready, and just drove myself here. I sat there and was overcome with a feeling of completion and comfort. After being away from church for so long, I was struck by how happy I felt to be back, worshiping God, and also just how right it felt. It felt like I was meant to be here. And it was then that it sunk in that I had chosen to be in church that morning. I wasn't there anymore because my, my parents had decided that we were going to go, or that my family had woken me up early and insisted that I put on a dress and go to church. I was sitting in a pew because I had chosen to be there. But my choice to follow God didn't automatically make my belief easy. In most parts of my life, I have tended towards perfectionism, and it has also affected my faith. Sunday school, numerous retreats, youth group, and the Bible have all taught me that God has forgiven my sins. But as Christians, we are also called to live as God wants us to, to the best of our abilities. But when is it that our faith isn't strong enough and we aren't trying hard enough to live as God wants us to? That is the question I've struggled with, how to apply my belief in God to my actions. And because I didn't know where the line was between sinning because I wasn't following God and sinning despite following God, I had trouble forgiving my own sins. I was trying to understand my own life through the lens of Jesus' perfection, and because of that, I was ashamed. Even though I knew God forgave me, I pushed him away for a long time because I didn't want to face my own failings. I knew that God was there for me and that he loved me, but couldn't understand how I could be enough. I've heard people say that God uses flawed people, and that has resonated with me. Some of the greatest people in the Bible, Moses, David, Peter, and Paul, were all flawed people who committed horrible sins, and yet God loved, him, God loved them, he used them, and most importantly, they were all true believers and devout followers of God. In 2 Corinthians 12:9, Jesus says to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Then Paul writes, that is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. We all make mistakes, have doubts, have times when our faith isn't as strong, and not being able to forgive myself for those things is certainly not how God wants me to be living my life. What I've had to learn is that trying to be a good Christian is impossible because there's no such thing. There's no amount of faith that you can have that's enough. 
Learning this lesson about forgiveness is something that I'm still trying to do, but I've come to realize that I can choose God by choosing forgiveness. I've been trying to choose God with a purpose. I chose to be up here this morning sharing my testimony. I choose to be an active member of this church, and I chose and have the privilege to work at the church this summer as one of the children's ministry interns. And so, my journey hasn't been towards believing that God is there for me. It has been living my life in a way that I can live with God and understanding that I believe because I want to, that my faith is something I chose. I have no idea what my life is going to look like in six months, in a year, in four years from now, but I plan to follow God with a purpose and to continue choosing him and my faith. Good morning. My name is Dashiell May, and I will attend Colorado School of Mines in the fall to pursue engineering. I've had the privilege of attending National since I was a baby. My two devoted parents, and mother especially, would bring me to the nursery and a plethora of children's events. However, my process of coming into my faith hasn't been linear. Growing up in the church, I've heard numerous testimonies centered around a God moment. I've read about God moments in the Bible, like God first calling to Abraham or Jonah being saved by the whale. I've also heard many discussions of transformative God moments at Sunday school and youth events like the Great Escape. One night is always dedicated to time alone to speak with God. I've seen friends and strangers have powerful moments with immediate connections with God. Naturally, I expected to have one myself. This had two consequences. I adopted a seeing is believing ideology that God would speak to me and my faith would click into place. This in turn caused me to believe that God would make the connection with me. So I sat back and waited. As time went on, I felt increasingly pressured to have a spark moment of faith. I wondered when my moment loomed and if I would even have a moment. I felt the incoming pressure of confirmation as my time to pull everything together. However, my moment never materialized. It was a challenge to understand that my moment wouldn't come. It also took time to realize that not having a moment was okay. Instead of one moment of faith, my faith has been shaped by years of attending church and the large community of support. I've deeply appreciated everyone who's taken an interest in my faith at church, of which there are too many to name. I realized that God wanted a relationship with me, and I needed to do some of the legwork. I am proud to say that I'm a believer of Christ, but it wasn't an overnight process. Youth retreats like the Great Escape were a massive part of my gradual learning. I was able to experience two vastly different sides of my faith. As a camper, I was able to focus on my relationship with God and creating the foundation of lessons and community. As a camp counselor at Surrender, the middle school retreat, and as a leader at middle school youth group, I've worked on a different part of my faith. I've been able to provide support to those building their relationship with God. By lifting people up, I've been able to see the differences in our faith. These events were a cornerstone in missing the bigger picture for my own faith. Service at National has also helped me root myself into the community. 
I have found service as one of the strongest ways for me to feel like I'm acting on God's word. In turn, this has strengthened my relationship with him, mending the gap created by my human imperfection. Events like sandwich making after the service on Sundays or working with kids at VBS help keep me grounded in my faith. I distinctly remember spending an afternoon cleaning up trash in a nearby town during the Great Escape. This slightly gross work ended up being rewarding as I saw tangible positives from my faith. That's the beauty of service, because you can strengthen your connection with God instantly. Relationships over the years have also had a massive influence. Talking to my parents about anything related to my spirituality has helped me feel more comfortable in my faith. My mom relishes in talking about faith and is full of positive reminders to think about our situation from a religious perspective, a reminder that I frequently need. The event can be anything ranging from a test to making life-changing decisions, like which college to attend. It's easy to get distracted by life and put God in the back seat, but surrounding myself with other believers has helped me stay closer to God as time continues. John 15 verses 1 through 3 say, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. According to John, we are the branches connected to Jesus, and the Lord wants a long relationship. He takes care in providing for us and loving us, even though our love will be imperfect. I believe it's important to see faith as ever-growing and ever-changing like the vine. I highly value my relationship with God because I know it will be a constant throughout my life. I have learned that not only is it okay to not have an intense moment of faith, but my journey was meant to be prolonged. Having a gradual faith journey has helped me realize that I have a strong foundation for a long and personal relationship with God and that I will be able to tackle the ebbs and flows which are inevitable. I've still managed to see God as he comforts me in times of need and shows the beauty of the surrounding world. God has provided a lot in my life, and he will continue to do so. To the youth that are rising up, it's important that you understand everyone's journey in faith is unique and equally valuable. God wants a relationship with you, and it might not come the ways you expect. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. My name is Izzy Afnan, and I'm a senior at the National Cathedral School, less than a mile from here, just up Wisconsin Ave. Next fall, I'm excited to head south and attend Tulane University in New Orleans, Louisiana. There, I plan on studying business and major in finance or marketing. First and foremost, happy Mother's Day to all the moms, to my grandmothers, Nan in Cleveland, and my husband, e, who is back home in Korea for a few months, I am so grateful to feel your love, even when we're separated by states or countries. To my mom, the two words thank you do not begin to encapsulate how much you've done for me. Without you and dad, a totally different woman would be sharing her testimony today. I love you and thank you. Like a lot of my senior class, NPC has been my church home my entire life. It has been the Afnan family's church since before the Afnan family really existed. 
My mom came to NPC in 1998, and my dad joined in 2002, shortly after they were engaged. Three years later, I was born and baptized on this very stage. I was baptized by Reverend Harry Winsheimer, a name that many of you probably haven't heard in a while. That is one of the many things that puts into perspective how long NPC has been a cornerstone in my family's life. Different pastors, youth leaders, and milestones have all played a quintessential role in my entire family's faith journey. I remember practicing the doxology every night for weeks before the kindergarten milestone. I would even sing it in a handstand because I was convinced that if I could recite it upside down, I'd have no trouble doing it in front of the congregation. <laughs> I remember nervously walking behind my parents to take communion for the first time, getting to light the last candle of Advent with my entire family many Christmases ago, and staring at my name printed on, in gold on my scarlet red NPC Bible. Reflecting on my time at NPC, I've been reminded of memories of pure joy. Even before I could understand who God was or what being a Christian really meant, this space has been one that I felt welcomed in, where I know I'll see smiling faces and a place that has taught me what it means to care and to love. I can't remember the first time that I listened to senior testimonies on Youth Sunday, but each year my excitement grew, knowing I was one year closer to getting my turn and sharing my journey in faith. Up until this year, I imagine my testimony as a declaration of everything I've learned about Jesus and how after 18 long years, I now fully know what it means to be a Christian. But writing my testimony, I realized that 18 years is not a long time. I mean, I couldn't read until I was about five, let alone attempt to understand the Bible until much later. So, despite wanting my testimony to be a groundbreaking piece of writing that would teach everyone the true meaning of Christianity, I hate to disappoint, that's not what I'll be sharing today. My testimony will be centered around my ongoing faith journey, one that is nowhere near completed. My testimony doesn't have a revolutionary idea, but instead, the acceptance of confusion in the unknown. I spent hours and hours typing, deleting, and retyping moments in my life that would serve as my aha moment. The monotonous cycle of wearing out that delete key on my keyboard revealed that maybe I haven't had that moment yet. But that re revelation enforced in me the idea that everyone's walk with Christ is different. So taking my own advice, I stopped pressing the delete key and committed to a moment, knowing that it wasn't earth-shattering or mind-blowing, but it was a piece to my faith journey that I thought was special. Was it the most special? Who knows, but important nonetheless. I picked my favorite Bible verse in middle school, Jeremiah 29:11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in the future. Middle school Izzy loved this verse because my innocent dreams of going to space or winning the lottery or becoming famous were supported by this verse. I interpreted plans to prosper you as because I believed in God, my life would be perfect and go just the way I'd imagined it. But it's crazy how the same verse can mean something different to you depending on the time in your life. As a senior in high school, the verse has taken on a new meaning, one that is a little less innocent, but just as important. Jeremiah 29.11 is pinned to the top of my notes app on my phone. Coincidentally, my notes app also holds many to-do lists, deadlines, and reminders. Scrolling through that app on my phone might be one of the most stressful things someone can do. 
But literally sitting on top of all that stress is Jeremiah 29:11, a constant reminder that no task I face is too stressful or scary for God to turn his back on me. But also, it is a reminder that nothing he puts in my life is too stressful or scary for me to handle, even if it doesn't feel like that in the moment. To be honest, I am not where I thought I'd be a year ago. I had my sights set on playing collegiate soccer at a school in New England, but instead, I ended up choosing a school in the South, and they don't even have a women's soccer team. A lot has happened in the last year, and many things have not gone according to my plan. But what Jeremiah 29:11 has taught me is that none of this is my plan, but it's God's. And while it's scary to jump off that metaphorical cliff and put your full trust in him, you have to. One of my biggest takeaways at National is to have faith. To have faith and trust in God that whatever road he sets me on and whatever his plans are for me, that they are good and loving plans, even if they make no sense or are the opposite of what I saw for myself. That mindset has been invaluable to me throughout my faith journey, embracing the unknown and confusion that comes with trusting God, but constantly believing that he knows what's best for me. I am so thankful for my NPC family that has helped me to see, learn, and experience these teachings. So, in a few months, when I walk out the doors of the sanctuary before I leave for college, I'll take with me 18 years of some of my most precious memories and life lessons. As I search for a church family in New Orleans, I'll be thinking of all of you. The love and care you've shown me all these years, since before I could talk, to now speaking in front of all of you. I hope to find a church family that resembles that of NPC. A tall task, I'm sure. While the chapter of my faith journey in DC is coming to its last pages, NPC will always be a part of my story. And I will be sure to keep the pages of NPC folded because they will always be some of my favorites. Thank you. Let us pray. Dear God, thank you that you lead us and go before us in our lives. We know that you will never let us down because our lives so far have been a testimony of your greatness. You look out for us, and for that we praise you. Thank you for letting us lean on you instead of relying on our own imperfect understandings. And help us continue to seek you and trust your will in all we do. Amen. <laughs>